0: And welcome back to Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Judy Mustang, And we are continuing on with our, our poor Job. <laughs> poor Job. And I say that just because we started off in Chapter 1 where Job is just experiencing some of the craziest scenarios life could have thrown at him. Well, we know it wasn't life. It's Satan. And then his friends come and they're just sitting with him. I mean, really, like, kudos to them for being great friends because sometimes that's – what we need. It's just someone to be there. And Job kind of did his rant. Yeah. His rant. I'm going to call it that. Just his rant. I should have titled it that last week. Job's rant. Job's rant. But now one of his friends has decided that since Job has broken the silence, I guess, the the week-long silence, yeah. Now he's going to offer up his advice. And he's um, Eliphaz the Temanite. And I was reading about him specifically, because I just wanted to know like what gave this guy any sort of authority to think that he had the right, I guess, to speak this into Job's world. And the Temanites, uh were known to be people of great wisdom. And so I don't know if that means that he just thought that he like had something to offer. And and I guess that was said in, in Jeremiah, they talk about how they the Edomites, which is where he is, um, he was from, is is like the center of wisdom for the world. And so maybe he thought that that gave him some sort of a an insight. He's very poetic about it all. And I think that he had good intentions. But we've talked about this in the previous weeks about how people with good intentions don't always.
1: Yeah, their words yeah. don't always line up with their heart, I think. But, you know, it makes you wonder um, what... You know, the relationship that he felt like he had this opportunity and a door to give voice to what he was saying into Job's life. You know, what, how close are you that, one, you've came and sat with him for a week and not said anything. Right. Which is admirable. But then when you do say something, is that admirable?
0: Well, and not just that you're saying something, but like that you are speaking pretty frankly about the whole thing. So it starts with, if one ventures a word with you, will you be wearied? Yet who who can keep from speaking? Surely you have instructed many and have strengthened their feeble hands. Your words have steadied those who stumbled. You have braced the knees that were buckling. But now trouble has come upon you and you are weary. It strikes you and you are dismayed. Is your reverence, not your confidence? And the uprightness of your ways, your hope? it's an interesting way to start that. Yeah. Almost kind of calling him out like saying you you've ministered essentially yeah. to so many people about ways to um you know to hold steady when life yeah, isn't going strong. Yeah. Yeah, the way that you um you know when things are are not going well for you and yet you have been unable to hold yourself to that same standard. It almost seems a little rough. Yeah. Like, could you imagine that that's the first thing that somebody says to you after, after a week? Yeah, after a week. I mean, I know that like Job just had his moment, but like your friend's first thought is to call you out.
1: I was going to say after a week of thinking, that's <laughs> that's, like, what,
0: you come that's what you come up with. I know we talked about how Job didn't have the full perspective because he's not aware of the conversations happening between God and Satan about him. And neither is Eliphaz, of course. But it seems like Eliphaz has put, put God in this, like this box, like this is who God is. And, you know, it says, who being innocent ha- have ever perished? Like, so God won't let you perish if you're innocent. Or where have the upright been destroyed? Basically, you know, and oh, as I have observed, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God, they perish and by his blast of anger, they are consumed. And it kind of goes on and on. I understand what he's saying because he's saying as I have observed and that's not the the only time he says that. He says it quite a few times as I have seen and as I've observed and
1: but it seems like his perspective of God is also a little skewed. Yeah. You know, I think our perspective of God can be skewed and like you said I think we put him in a box and we um because of our experiences and the things that we've walked through, we think that this is how God is. Right. And so our perspective of him is it's just by what I've been through or what somebody's told me, not necessarily
0: what the word says. I He says a lot. And he, I mean, he does, but it's just a lot of, um, badgering's not the right word. He's, he's, I mean, he continues to call him out for basically what he thinks is that like very short and sweet Job chapter four and five right here in a, in a nutshell, Eliphaz's opinion is that Job has sinned, is not repenting. Is not acknowledging it. And because of that, God is punishing him. That's his whole thought on the whole thing. Is you're clearly you clearly sinned. And he even kind of like commiserates with him a little bit. It's okay, Job. We've all done it. Every even the angels have like I skipped way ahead, I think, maybe. But he says, even the angels are have sinned, you know, and like ironically one of those angels that sinned is the reason that all of this is happening in the first place but it's not because of job's sin and that's the part that he's missing is that like eliphaz's thoughts on this are they're decent in theory meaning that like if i'm not a good steward with my money and i'm broke all the time i'm reaping what i'm sowing right like i'm not taking good care of my money i'm i'm going to struggle with that not necessarily biblically accurate. Well, I mean, you know, even
1: in the New Testament we saw that where the young man was, I think he was blind and they said, who sinned?
0: Yeah. Who sinned?
1: Who, who did send? this? Yeah. His mom or his dad and he's like, nobody, that's not the reason. This is not why this is happening. It's not why it's come upon him. Right. You know, we always want to attach something that we did to, you know, the calamity or the things yeah. that have come upon us thinking that, um, I, I don't know why we carry that, you know, that, if I do this, this is going to happen to me. and It's not
0: biblical. No. I actually have a an acquaintance, I guess, who went through a horrible car accident. And post-car accident has changed her entire world completely because she thinks that her sin is what caused the car accident in the first place. And it was a, a, a horrible ex- – you know what I mean? Like not just a little car wreck. But um, yeah. But thinks it's because – she did something and was punished for it. And so now she's like just completely thrown her, her her whole world around and the world of her family trying to make it so that God doesn't see fit to punish them again, I guess.
1: Well, you know, and it's so crazy because all throughout the word, he says, I, I don't remember your sin. I don't hold your sin against you. You know, I throw it as far as the Eastern's from the west, and and we're the one carrying right our,
0: the things that we do. Isn't it ironic though? Like, Eliphaz seems to know Job, seems to know him, yeah, like closely, like, but yet still doesn't know his character, yeah, enough yeah. to know that like this is the same Job who was not perfect but offered sacrifices for his children just in case. <laughs> just in case it's... they messed up still the same job and so i understand that he he lacked perspective
1: but our, don't we do that as as humans all we can lack perspective in lots of areas and then
0: we make those snap judgments yes. all the time
1: and and we're i think that's why the bible says be slow to speak <laughs> probably so yeah. quick to listen slow i mean to speak. i don't
0: know i think a week is a long time but maybe he should have waited just a long <laughs> I, <don't know.
1: laughs> I mean if that's all you got after yeah. a
0: week um and two chapters. Right. I mean, I know he didn't break it down in chapters, but but whoever.
1: But doesn't it just it show out. you just how skewed our perspective
0: of God is? I think many
1: times we, we prejudge his character thinking that we
0: know this is how he is and that's not true. God is the same God, but he has so many facets to him that we can't even begin to comprehend. Yeah. And – There are some things, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit. There are some things where like, you might be completely convicted about something, but I don't have that same conviction. Exactly. And whatever it is, isn't morally or damaged, you know what I mean? Damaging Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's not explicitly stated in the Bible that this isn't, you know what I mean? So I just can't imagine that. And I actually, I can't imagine, cause like you just said, we do this all the time, but like where we think about our experience with God and we try to place that on someone else who may have a completely different experience with the same God who has the same love and the same you know everything, but there's just so many facets to him, well, I mean, so many facets that the Bible says that the angels
1: have been circling his throne for yes, ever, and every time they come around, they say, holy. I mean, if they've holy, been doing holy, this holy. forever and every time they circle around him, they see a new facet of him that they didn't see before. I think there's a lot.
0: Yeah. That and we it's, could learn. You know, we can't even, we can't judge Eliphaz for right. this because this is, each of us, like you said, we're quick to make snap judgments all the time.
1: You know, I was thinking, um, when I was just thinking about the Lord, in, in all of his His character, you know, isn't it funny that there's no duplicity in him? There's no inconsistencies in him. Um, he's past finding out. He's multifaceted, um, so much so that when Moses went to ask, so who, who do I say sends me, he has to just tell him that I am because if he told him that I'm your deliverer, then we might miss that he's our healer. Right. And if I just said, you're my healer, then we might miss that he's my way maker. And so he just has to encompass it all in whatever we need. And I think sometimes we forget all of those facets of him in life.
0: I was thinking just that there are moments when we kind of pull out the God that we need. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like this is the one I need right now, but he is all. And have you ever been in a moment where you have, you've just been overwhelmed with something and you go to the Bible and you're just like, I don't even know where to look. I don't even know. Yeah. And then I don't know about you. I I'm usually like, okay, God, just point me. Just point me. And like I'll just kind of try to open it and see if there's something there. And you know, like, usually there is. And I mean maybe because the Bible is just so full of everything that that it's it's there for me. But I do this every time I start a new devotion. I do this every time I I start reading a new book. I'm like, hey, show me where you want me to be and what you want me to know. So when I'm praying those prayers and then I I I do just kind of open up and God inevitably takes me to something that I've read a million times and that I am seeing with fresh eyes. If I can do that with a word that is completely unchanging, like physically. To us, we can see this and touch it and read it, and I can read it a hundred times and still find different things in it. How much more would that be true of God himself? Well, you know, the Bible even says that there's not enough
1: books in the world that contain it, that could contain (laughs) it, (laughs) if I was to even write them down.
0: I was reading through here where Eliphaz actually kind of, I don't know that he says that he had a vision He says, now a word came to me secretly. So I'm in chapter four, verse 12. Now a word came to me secretly. So in previous to this, he's talking about what he has observed, what he's noticed about the world around him. But here he says, now a word came to me secretly. My ears caught a whisper of it in disquieting visions in the night when deep sleep falls on men, fear and trembling came over me and made all my bones shudder. Then a spirit glided past my face, and the hair on my body bristled. It stood still, but I could not discern its appearance. A form loomed before my eyes, and I heard a whispering voice. Can a mortal be more righteous than God, or a man more pure than his Maker? If God puts no trust in his servants, and he charges his angels with error, how much more those who dwell in houses of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, who can be crushed like a moth? They are smashed to pieces from dawn to dusk, unnoticed. They perish forever. Are not their tent cords pulled up so that they die without wisdom? Do you have any thoughts on why that's in there? Or why he felt the need to...
1: I think he's trying to justify
0: everything he's telling him. Um... Yeah. I think so too. In reading this, I, I tend to attach to a couple of different commentaries as I'm trying to go through and, you know, make sense of things. Because sometimes I, um, like there was a word in here that I saw had a, like a, a more literal translation than what is actually here. And so I like to read the commentaries. But this one, um, the commentary that I'm reading, and it's an Enduring Word Commentary, says that he he you know he claims this voice that he received that he was bolstered by the authority that he thought he got from this supernatural eerie and hair-raising experience but um most commentators do not believe or most biblical scholars i guess do not necessarily believe that this was a godly vision, vision. that in fact if this vision was accurate that it potentially came from hell because it was eerie and not that – they're always afraid, right? Every time we see an angel of the Lord, <laughs> do not be afraid, do not be afraid. Nobody said that mm-hmm. this time, and he was stuck in his fear. That's good. It doesn't align with what we know from all the other appearances. That's good. You know, when you said that, it it really um... –
1: Really made sense because all the other times that usually an angel appears, um, they're always telling them not to be afraid. Right. Um, th- I mean, that's the very first thing usually that they say. Always. I mean, always we do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Um, and all throughout, you know, the Bible tells us in Timothy that he's not giving us a spirit of fear, but right. power of power love and a sound mind. And right. so for that not to be at the first in the forefront of what he's saying, and like you said, kind of kind of to be encompassed around about with fear.
0: In the midst of this, it just... It seems off. It does. It makes you wonder. Yeah. Chapter 5 is, is kind of much of the same. <laughs> I mean, he he says, um, Call out now, is there anyone who will answer you? And to which of the holy ones will you turn? What an odd question. To which of the holy ones will you turn? For well, wrath kills a foolish man and envy slays a simple one.
1: Well, one, I think it's interesting that he says he asks him if he will turn to like the Holy ones or like to angels, like, like that to me tells me that you don't maybe have the biggest perspective of who God is. If you right. think that he's going to turn to angels. Um, but then when you go on and when he talks about, um, in the amphibite, it says for vexation and rage, kill the foolish man. Um, so the anger kills a foolish man and jealousy and indignation slay the simple, um, actually have that highlighted
0: that
1: seems like we've talked about this in a dead. previous episode. Yeah, that jealousy slays the simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, that in in and of itself makes me not want to be jealous that I would be called <laughs> <Yeah>. simple. <laughs> yes. You know. But how many times have we seen people that anger
0: kills a foolish man? Um, whether it be inwardly, you know what I'm saying? Oh, right. And we I mean definitely we've talked about that. People yeah. who are not content with their own life, it eats away at them. The next um, little section there in like in verses three through seven, he actually like Eliphaz seems to kind of take a dig at him, like a harsh dig, which kind of like, like, what kind of friend are you? (laughs) Yeah, like kudos to you for being there. But like, what? What? So he says, I have seen the foolish taking root, but suddenly I cursed his dwelling place. His sons are far from safety. They are crushed in the gate and there is no deliverer. Come on, man. Like, surely he under I mean, these have to be ra- references to Job's life. His children, yeah, right? His children, like, yeah, yeah. like, what in the world? So basically, Eliphaz is saying that all of this great disaster was because they were foolish and in sin which, ironically, remember, Elf, or Job was constantly doing sacrifices to yes. cover them in that kind of uh, just-in-case moments. I don't know. It it's... seems like he's really struggling not
1: to prejudge Job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if we're it, even struggling. I think I, he's struggling. just accepted. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's just like he, I mean, yeah, he's yeah, really here's going what you, you did. It. Yeah, like yeah. own it.
0: Wow. wow. Oh, the next part is the part where I, I was reading the commentary and I was like, oh, I had no idea. So um, the very bottom of that. So it says, nor does trouble um, spring from the ground. This is what mine says. Yet man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. Okay, sounds great, right? But literally translated as the sparks fly upward is in the Hebrew, translated to as the sons of Reshef fly upward so then I had to go see yeah. who was Resheph because I didn't know and Resheph was a Canaanite god that Eliphaz is referencing there and so I went to actually like Google him separately because I just wanted to know and um, it's a they it, his name ended up being used as a noun that could be like um, burning fe- fever plague and pestilence and um, basically like f- or flames and lightning so let the sparks fly upward is a I mean one way of saying that but um considering that we know that job is covered in some sort of boily something um it makes sense to me that he would be referencing Rashef there which is kind of like just another thing of like exactly who are you Eliphaz I just want to know who you are because I, I can't get a real good read on and him he's kind of all over
1: the place Um, even in verse 8 he's like well as for me I would seek God <laughs> right
0: and he's so already saying like clearly you have not been seeking God if it were me if all of this were happening to me I, I would, would be seek seeking God, God. you I must not be yeah
1: and the Bible tells us from the very beginning that yeah. <laughs> this is his lifestyle yes that I seek God. I seek the Lord. I seek him for my children. And then Eliphaz is like, oh, by the way, if I was you, I would go to prayer. Are you not praying? Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem like you're praying. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's right. judging like these outward things and has no idea about the heart of man. That's why the Lord says, you know, I'm I'm the one who knows the heart. You don't know the heart. You don't know what's even going on. You judge. We, we are so easy to judge the outside of people because that's, yeah. that's easy. Right.
0: Because we can see that.
1: We can see that. You know, it's easy to judge the prodigal son right. because of his outward sin. But nobody he talks about the, only, the
0: brother. Right. He wasn't the only sinner
1: there. No. I mean the brother had these inward things. He did everything right. Right.
0: But his heart was troubled. I mean, isn't this exactly what led to like, you know, the dilemmas between like Jacob and Isaac and even, like Cain and Abel? Like
1: It is it's all about these the motives of our heart.
0: It always is a heart issue. Yeah,
1: it is a heart issue. It's always about a heart issue. And it's interesting to me that Eliphaz looks on the outside and tells him it's a heart issue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes, don't we do that, though, as, as humans? We look on the outside of somebody's life and what's happened to them and or maybe what they're going through, and, and we really don't know. But right. we say it's a heart issue oh. as we look on the external pieces of their life. And... And that's the one thing that we, I think as Christians, we don't want people to do. I, I know when I walk through my stuff, I would be like, I really wish you would just know me. Right. And not judge this me by- This isn't me. Yeah. but right now isn't me. Yeah. And I, I would be like, please don't judge me by the season that I'm in. You know, please don't keep me there. Right. Because that's, one, it's not where I'm going. It's not even where I'm at. But many times we look on the outsides of people's lives and we we prejudge that and we say, you know- This is what I think, you know, and and we think that it's, it's, that there's something wrong in their heart and it may just be an attack of the enemy. Right. Absolutely. And and they're trying to survive, you know, and, and maybe as people, we should give them
0: a little bit of grace rather than judgment. A little bit of encouragement there. Yeah. I don't know. Two whole chapters of... Of Eliphaz telling him that yeah, like you've clearly messed up here, and you're not doing what you need to be doing. And actually, at the um closer to the end of chapter five, uh, well, verse seventeen ish, he like even is like happy is the man whom God corrects. Yes, I love it. I love it when God disciplines me. <laughs> no, I don't. Nobody likes that. I mean, <sighs> happy is, the man. but he it's still to the point of of. Him saying that God is correcting you because of some something you need to be handling in your life. That God is doing this because you – kind of what he's saying is because you deserve it. Yeah. You've, you've done something that deserves this. Thank God, truly, that he's not like that with us. Right. I would never make it. Never make it.
1: And I think it's – hard because I think a lot of people have that skewed thought process or that perception of how God yeah. works Um, I'm actually kind of glad that he put it in the Bible so that I could
0: say ah yeah, yes like if there's any good reason for this to be here it's so that we can look back at this today and go that's not who God is yeah. or that's not all God um, is you know like and sometimes, and to even say that, like, truthfully, Satan does not have power and authority over us, but God
1: does. I think we have to be so careful about these things, about prejudging yeah. the external circumstances of a person's life and connecting that to a heart issue. That's not our job.
0: No. It's no. not our
1: job. And, I, and it always hurt my feelings when people did it to me. I, I'll be honest. I mean, right. and, and I had to... had to release forgiveness because I, I seriously wanted to defend myself and I wanted to like shout it from the rooftops and put it on the billboards of our town and say, it's really not what happened. Right. You know, this is not, this is not the, it's not the truth. This is not my story. It's not my story. And, and sometimes you find yourself in this place and in a place that you feel like you can't even defend yourself. Um, and you have to just trust the lord with your life and your circumstances and your situations and yeah when when people have it all wrong about you and you want to i know for me i i wanted i wanted to shout it out and I, I know that even a few years ago i had somebody i had went to a meeting about ministers with with not about ministers with ministers and my name was brought up in that meeting and they said something about me that was very untrue. Mm -hmm. And my heart just wanted to jump up and defend myself again. Yeah. And that that person that heard it, they were like they were like, that's that's not you at all. But uh, these these people had heard right and thought that they knew my heart just by you know things that they but had heard the happenings of your life, by the happenings in my life. Yeah, um, but they didn't know me, right? And yet they judged that si- they judged me by a situation that was out of my control, right?
0: And and that's and I think we really have to be careful about that. Don't understand no. that. And think, usually, but those people have never walked through, right? I was just going to say, those are typically people who have never had to be in those shoes. Yes. And Thank God for that. Yeah. For them, but so maybe that is our our, our therefore yeah. for this week to tread gently with each other and to realize that what we see in someone's life isn't always a reflection of their heart. I think that's a great way to
1: to look at it and really think that in the days ahead and that we really need to focus. When we see those things happening in people's lives and maybe we see even things going on in people's life that Maybe we don't agree with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: maybe we don't understand, but maybe in those moments, give them grace, because right. there's the key. We don't we don't understand and we don't know,
0: and so most of the time they may not know. They may not know exactly, you know, which is probably the scariest part of all. As it is. as a person, yeah, I mean, there are lots of things that happen in life that we're like, what is going on? Yes, what is happening right now?
1: I can remember like feeling like I frantically wanted to hold my pieces together. Mm-hmm. That my, like I just see it like yes. scrambling to like <laughs> That's get not, it all together. <laughs> yes. Like all of my broken pieces were in a tornado. Yes. You know, and I was just I trying just to, wanted to keep them together. Yes. And I felt like the whole world was watching it happen before my eyes and that I was table talk um, for the community. Right. And, and I didn't know how to change it. And I, I just wanted to defend myself and I, there was no way I could. Right. From where I was. And I just... You know, I just had to
0: come to the fact that those who knew me, knew me. And I do tend to rely on that a lot. Even now, things will happen. And I try to say it to other people, too, who are in the the throes of those kinds of situations. The people who know you will know you. And my question always is, like, when you hear people speaking about someone in a negative light. Okay, great. You're not participating. Sure. You're maybe not spreading it onto the next person, but what are you saying to them? What are you saying to them? Like, especially I work with teenagers. You know how that, you know how teenagers are. I mean, and I don't say that to say negatively. I'm just saying that like for teenagers, the emotions run high. And so when there's quote unquote drama, it's drama, right? And there are some people who, not even just limited to teenagers, people, there are some people who want to share all of that drama with everyone else. And my question always is to my teenagers, when you hear someone speaking badly about someone, what are you saying to them? You know, are you correcting them? Are you, you know, what if, if you know that person, like, are you telling them that that's not, like, that's not okay? Like, you don't, you don't know them or... If you do know them, you you know better than that, which is kind of where I feel like Eliphaz should be. Like, I feel like he should know better, but at the same time, he lacks perspective and he didn't have the book of Job to go back and read like we do now. Isn't it funny? I do this all the time through like through biblical things. I, I find myself snap judging them, the disciples, you know, like, why, why didn't you get this? Well, they didn't have Matthew, Mark and Luke and John I to read, right? And. I have to remind myself often, they just knew what they knew yeah. and they lacked perspective. And we to this day lack perspective. In all,
1: in lots of things. Yes. Yes. And I think really, we've probably taken on this Eliphaz perspective. Yes. More times than we probably want to
0: admit. Oh, yeah maybe not a saying like oh you deserve we might not have said this. It to him. Well, sure. I mean like oh well they they live that lifestyle. Yeah. They whatever, they
1: yeah. Or I figured something like this might right. you know, and most of the time we don't ever say it to them. No. Ever yeah, say it true. to them. We might <sighs> say it around about them. Right. And I think that's where we really need to be careful. Right. And not be careless with our thoughts. Because those become our words and those hurt people. Yes.
0: Kind of jumping ahead. And I know we'll talk about this next time, but in in chapter six, we see Job kind of responding to this. And he actually, he does have a moment of saying, maybe my words were rash. Like where he goes, oh, I didn't actually curse God, but I understand that I came really close. And so maybe that's leading to you saying all of this to me now. We'll talk about that next week. But I just, I thought it was interesting that he was like, after listening to all of this, he goes, like, maybe you misunderstood what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> How I many mean, times have we done that? I know. <laughs> like, so we yeah, yeah. see all yeah. Were you actually listening or were you just listening to respond? <laughs> There's a difference. There is. Because oh. usually if we listen just to respond, I don't know that we're really listening. I'm already formulating yeah. everything I, I want to say next in my mind. And so I'm missing Everything that you're really saying. Yeah. Right. Slow to speak. Yeah. Maybe that should be the title for this week's episode. Right. <laughs> so our takeaway, be kind, be gentle with each other. Be gracious with each other. Graceful, I guess. And uh, maybe slow to speak. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys.